What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 140 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow, and share the link with your friends, or click on the support link in this episode's description. Your donation of any amount could change a life. If you'd like to get our curriculum, you can get the paperback or ebook of From Ashes to Destiny on Amazon. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled, Guilt in Recovery. Welcome back to episode 140 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast entitled, Guilt in Recovery. Today's session will be another group session with our friends in recovery from the U.S., South Africa, and Australia. And guys, I want to thank you for participating in this group by sending your answers to me so that I can recreate them in this group session. So guys, here's the topic for today. Now that I'm in recovery and I have a few months or years clean, I'm still tempted. I'm craving something to take the edge off my guilt. And in those moments, I can either get bitter or I can get better. Okay, guys, what do you think of that topic? Ben, you ready to start us off? Sure enough, David. Somewhere along the way, I think temptation and guilt got married, and the marriage should never have happened. Just because you are tempted should not cause you to feel guilty. But anybody in active recovery can definitely relate to the feeling of guilt simply from temptation. One of my favorite Bible verses is in Proverbs, and it says, quote, with all you're getting, get understanding. I think the recovery community needs help in the area of understanding what's going on in the area of temptation. Heck, heck, in my world of walking with people through this journey, I even try to lift the guilt and shame off of those who have relapsed and totally give in to temptation. I think shame and guilt are two guilty culprits for why a lot of people not only relapse, but stay in relapse and slide right back into the heinous addictive lifestyle they were in before. And often it's even worse. However, I will always go back to the extreme need of a healthy community. Being around people that celebrate you and don't tolerate you is so important. People turn to that taking the edge off procedure to take the guilt off because usually they're trying to fight these battles alone. If I can express to someone that I'm being tempted to either go to a website in my sex addiction or by thinking I could have one more drink or one more bump of something just to take the edge off, That's usually a sign that I'm fighting the battle all by myself. However, if I can share with someone nine out of 10 times, if they are a celebrator of my recovery, they can help me take off the edge. Bottom line, we need a healthy community the rest of our life to find joy in this journey. Wow, awesome start, Ben. And I want to totally agree with the urge to take the edge off our guilt or shame 
and that that should be a huge signal to everyone to talk to a friend, coach, mentor, sponsor, or whoever is part of their support community. Harry, what do you think about this? David, for me, being in recovery has its ups and downs, just like how we had them while we were addicts. The temptations, the urges, and the oh-so-tempting wishful thought of a completely foolproof scenario on how we can go about doing it without getting caught. As for me, the struggle is guilt from stuff I did and the people I hurt in my addiction. I always get the temptation of just letting off some steam from these guilt trips. Sometimes just to escape reality and all the bad stuff I did that's constantly hanging over my head. Some of the stuff I went through or did in addiction, I haven't really dealt with, to be honest, because I've not found someone who I can really trust to offload the information onto. I constantly have to remind myself that God has forgiven me for my acts or words of the past life I once led. As much as I think one last escape from reality, I also have a bitter memory which is floating constantly in my head. That memory of how I cried when I was hopeless and homeless and what that one last try did to me. I have better memories now with me being sober, being a provider, being a person who is looked up to into the, in the drug community. Every time now, when I want to escape reality, I just focus on the good stuff rehabilitation has brought into my life. And it's so much easier to shrug off the cravings or lies that flow in my head. Wow, that is so true, Harry. And you point out a good challenge for all of our listeners. Is there something that has the power to haunt you, take you on these guilt trips because you haven't found the person who will understand if you try to talk about it? Wow. I think that's reminding us all to go find that person and to open up. Eddie, what do you say? David, for me, 14 years in recovery and still running strong, but only by the grace of God. I can't say that my mind doesn't wander back to the days when I was using, but the memories are mostly of the bad outcomes I experienced. In those moments, I reached deep and I remember why I needed to change my life, my family, my kids. That's my reason. So I get up and I give God the glory and get on with living a different, meaningful life. Shaw, Eddie, that's so awesome. We cannot forget the importance of faith in keeping us focused on why we stopped in the first place and focused on the new life that we have found. Dante, do you agree with that? Yes, David, I do agree. The onslaught of temptation to me has not always been what it once was. The more I deny my flesh, the more I dive into the Word of God, the more I am called to a higher place of godly living and thinking by my peers, my support people around me. This has made my walk easier with regards to temptation. My peers have become someone I can lean on and depend on. It matters 
who you make as your friends. I never actually thought about it in a way of saying to take my edge off my guilt, but I can see how it's interpreted like that. It's more like no one's going to notice. It's not going to be a big deal. Just this once and I'll get the urge out of the way. That's better to deal with that properly than to be emotionally or mentally struggling over it. I have found that those lies have been fresh fuel for backsliding in regard to my addiction. And the way to get better and not get bitter, I remind myself of who I once was, what I once thought was important, and who I am now. And now what I see as valuable and important has changed. Moving your life in the right direction is hard. To get those feelings and rewards of being valued and helping others, it's difficult to walk that line of integrity. It will always be difficult. There will always be sorrows, but it is challenging to live an upright life. That's why I'm comforted in the fact that I don't have to find the strength in and of myself. Since God reigns inside of me and of the universe, he has the strength for me to deal with what I am not able to handle on my own and provide the impact that goes beyond my human power. So true, Dante. We do not have to fight these temptations on our own. Glenn, how do you deal with these temptations? Well, David, I'm no longer really tempted that much. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm under no illusions. I understand that overconfidence in this regard is dangerous, but I've largely dealt with the feelings of guilt during my recovery, and I've come to accept that there will be days when the guilt factor will reappear, especially in my later years, when the conscious awareness of the harm that I caused others and myself becomes more pronounced. As I have heard from and seen in so many who are in their twilight years, I also firmly believe that guilt never truly works itself out of one's consciousness completely. And this becomes evident on days when self-doubt creeps in, which I do experience from time to time. Though thankfully, these are few and far between. There are definitely times when the urge to take the edge off does occur, although truthfully, in my case, rarely it has any connection to guilt as such. For me, it's invariably due to frustration, and this is built up in the process of dealing with long-held anger issues that has plagued me ever since my childhood. But as I stated, it's a process I am constantly working on. When the urge to take the edge off does occur, I do have various pre-thought plans of dealing with it, such as getting busy with artwork, which I enjoy doing and which has definite therapeutic effects. Other tools that I use are taking a long walk, reading an absorbing book, and I found grabbing a pen and paper and writing down what I'm feeling, attempting to analyze why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. I found all these to be particularly effective. Prayer also helps alleviate these feelings too. So yes, accepting that the bad days will come, but having contingency plans for when they do 
keeps me strong and in my recovery. Lastly, something removed must be replaced in reference to recovery. And for me, I have a defined and actively pursued purpose, which is essential to my recovery. Shaw, good stuff there, Gary. I think it's, it's so important to not get overconfident, to stay humble, but to have a, our own little relapse prevention plan, our, our, as you said, the pre-thought plans of what to do when we find our frustration or our guilt and shame stirring up in us. Charlie, you've been stirring this whole time. What would you like to say in closing? Oh, David, this one hits hard. And I must admit, I've been pretty bitter, angry, and feeling some guilt lately. You see, today we lost a patient to an overdose. Do I feel some guilt about it? You bet. Do I know I'm powerless over life and death? You bet. The only way I get comfort and understanding on, is on my knees and in God's word. But my own personal recovery journey can sometimes turn to feeling guilty. Sometimes when loved ones are struggling and it's obvious that if over the past couple of decades I would have had my head on straight that they would have a chance to do better. And then when they voice that to you, man, that's a punch in the gut. Thankfully in recovery, I do have a choice today. I can choose to get angry and say nasty things and break stuff, or I can choose to let Satan's attack take over, or I can choose to give it all away and lay it down at the feet of my Savior. When I do that, I'm getting better. My mind gets renewed in his word. My hard heart gets all the more softer each time, and I'm learning to love from the one who first loved me. And I'm getting better. I have the chance to forgive myself and others. And if I can do that, I have the chance to show the loved ones who feel that I let them down, that there is a better way and a better hope. Staying sober might feel like getting tough is better than completely lost and not being able to be the father, the son, the brother that I should have been. Taking the edge off today only requires the comforting arms of my higher power who always delivers when I ask him for help. Shaw, great way to close this off, Charlie. It's so hard when we're working with people in recovery and someone does overdose. And I can see how that stirs up the, the bitter, angry, and the guilty feelings. And we do need to turn to our source of strength to be able to find the comfort that's always available to us. Thanks guys so much for all your input. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you would like to join an online group or get one-on-one -on -one counseling to deal with your guilt in recovery, please message me on the link in this podcast or by email at david from a to d at gmail.com or go to my website www.fromatod.org and click on the contact page. You can also keep in touch with what we're doing in From A to D 
by following me on Instagram at David from A to D. For our Spotify listeners, you can leave your comments by clicking on the link that they provide in their platform. Tune in Monday for our next episode, and as always, stay safe and stay strong.